All right, how's everybody doing? Good. A little bit cooler today, which is nice. Um, we're going to jump kind of where Johnny left off, and we're going to do kind of a, a quick overview uh, in Proverbs 22, starting at 17. And uh, I just kind of want to read through it. There's some, obviously, there's some good application there. Um, and uh, there's some things that get repeated throughout chapter 23 as well. So I think it's kind of good to kind of go over some stuff, especially if it's repeated. I don't know if you guys ever had the teacher that said, if I repeat myself, it's going to be on the test. And so it's always a good thing to kind of go through and, and um, look over some of this other stuff that Solomon talked with the various situations that he gave wisdom in. And so uh, chapter 22, verse 17 Incline your ear and hear the word of the wise, and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it is, ple- is it a pleasant thing if you keep them with you. Let them all be fixed upon your lips, so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have instructed you today, even you. Have I not written to you excellent things of counsel and knowledge? That I may make you know the certainties of the word of truth, that you may answer answer the words of truth to those who send to you. And so I kind of want to stop right there real quick because, um, you know, this is kind of the instruction and the whole purpose to all of this is, is seeking wise counsel and listening to the, to the knowledge of those who seek the word of truth being the Bible, the word of God. And so um, I think it's important to, to have that as a principle as you go through circumstances in life to be able to have those that, that will point you to the word of God. And there's always those people that are your friends and and I've got one of them and I I think I can mention his name because you guys probably don't know him but his name's Adam Barney and he's like the king of free advice and so you know every time he comes to me I just know that he's he's got something to say but what I do appreciate about um, him is that oh thanks Johnny uh, is that he not all the time I'm not going to say all the time but for the majority his heart's desire for me as a brother in the Lord is to point me back to what God's word says. And, and I can appreciate those moments because I feel like he has given me wise counsel. And he's not the only one. I have, I have plenty of people that I can go to, which I'm super thankful for. But as we do that, you know, every once in a while, I'll see him have to pull his foot out of his mouth, which I enjoy seeing because it's just funny. But anyway, if you guys know Adam, you'll, you'll think that's funny too. So with that, there's people that give free advice all the time that don't point you to the word of God. And I I feel like basically what you're doing, if you're giving free advice is is basically your best assumption on how to go through a circumstance that may put you right back in the same, same place as you were, because it's, it's man's wisdom, it's man's advice. And, and so as you look at this, it's, it's Solomon, Solomon's wisdom, but it's, it's God ordained wisdom. And so that's the principle that, that Solomon is talking about here. And I think it's really important uh, because of the fact that he says here at the end of uh, verse 21 that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you. And so, you know, we seek out wise counsel so that we're able to give wise counsel ourselves. And the way to do that and what Solomon says is um, that I may make you know the certainties of the words of truth. And so pointing back to um, scripture and the truth that we find there and, and the things that we can stand on in that. So moving on to 22, do not rob the poor because he is poor, nor oppress the afflicted at the gate. 
for the Lord will plead their cause and plunder the souls of, of those who plunder them. So don't take from the poor, don't steal, don't be doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Um, God is their defense, and you don't want to mess with that. So a, a lot of these, too, as you read through them, it's kind of like common sense stuff. But what I'm always surprised as you read it, it's almost like it, it kind of captures a different light. And it's one of those things. It's like, I knew that, but I still do that. And so sometimes people will read Proverbs like one every day for a month, you know, and, and it's kind of it's kind of nice to be reminded of the things that we forget so often. Make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. And again, he's pointing to, like, who do you keep company with? Who do you roll around with? And if if uh, these people, like in this case, an angry man, that stuff tends to rub off on us. And so to, uh, to stay away from people that, again, are not pointing you to the Word of God and then are not standing for what His Word says. And, and so it's really easy to keep bad company and then you kind of become the bad company yourself. So stay away from that. Do not be one of those who shakes hands in a pledge, one of those who is uh, surety for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should He take you, why should He take away your bed from under you? And so really subtle, like debt, we can probably all stand up, raise our hand, and say it's it's a bad thing. It's not fun to be in debt. It's not fun to owe anybody anything. And so, I wish for me, you know, the whole college scene when you when you go, you don't know what your major is, and you go. I took eight years of college for a two-year degree, so that tells you how much of debt I was in. But it's the the principle and the idea is. Don't shake a hand and make a deal that, that you're not good for, that your yes is not going to be your yes or your no is not going to be your no, because basically, and I think back in this day, if you couldn't pay a debt, it was kind of off with your head or, or stone you and or figure out other ways to do that, and it's just not a good place to be, and you have this looming um, thing over your head when you you get into debt, and we see all kinds of principles when Jesus talks in parables and, and throughout the Proverbs. Um it's just not good to be in debt. So, again, another wise thing for us to consider and think about. Do not remove the ancient landmarks which your fathers have set. And so we're going to talk about that a little more because that's one of those things that's repeated in, in uh, chapter 23. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. And so this principle, if you are diligent and you work hard, you're most likely going to be noticed. In the corporate world, in jobs that you have now, um, in, in friendship, in, in servanthood, um, people start to notice when you excel at what you're good at. And so um, this is a good thing to consider and think about as we get into chapter 23 because uh, the verse starts with when you sit down to eat with rulers consider carefully what is before you and so what happens when when fame starts to come and Solomon's advice is this because this is what he lived out you know as you you gain ground with with um, people of a higher status and people start to notice you at some point you might sit before a ruler or a king and maybe not in our day I don't I don't think anybody's gonna sit before a king but we might say the president. I'm not going to say that's very exciting anymore these days, but that may be the case. You know, you get to this place where you're recognized in front of, um, in front of someone like a ruler or a king. 
why are we to consider what, like what's before us? What does that mean to have to consider something, you know, if, if it's a privilege to be there or whatever? And the idea, as he goes on, is talking about the things that entice us, that pull us away from, uh, that pull us away from our pursuit of the Lord, that pull us away from our family, that pull us away from all kinds of stuff. And and I know most all of us can relate to the fact that if there's something that um, somebody has that we are envious of or that we desire, that can start to fester something kind of ugly inside of us and we get consumed in it. And, and I'm saying this for myself. There's, there's sometimes like, um, you know, say it's like a, a workout regimen or, or a meal plan or something. I get so consumed in trying to figure out how to do this or how to become that. And my wife can probably attest to this, but I start to get a little bit cranky sometimes. Like, like I don't have the time to do the things I I was doing. And when the kids come up and they're asking you to come play or something, it's like, Hey, just stop. I got to watch this video quick. It's not a good thing to, to be consumed in those things because it pulls us away from the things that truly matter. And so when he says, consider what's before you and put a knife to your throat, you know, this is not to actually put a knife to your throat, but um, maybe to bite your tongue or, or consider what's before you and, and withhold yourself from that if you if you if it's going to be a stumbling block for you. And so um, just really be careful if you're ever in that position or if you ever get to that place where um, work, you start to do well at work and then work becomes your life and then everything else suffers around you because of that. That's your one and only um, focus and pursuit. If you're a man given to appetite, put a knife to your throat. So again, um, if you have an issue with this, um, just turn away from it. Go the other direction. Do not desire the, his delicacies, for they are deceptive food. And we all know that. Like, um, you know, back then they would set the stage, and maybe we can relate this to, to uh, the beginning of Daniel when uh, Nebuchadnezzar puts all this food in front of the young men and, and it's enticing, you know, people draw you in with all this stuff, but it's deceptive because it's never the intention to someone that's, in this case, like a ruler. Um, it was always for the betterment of themselves, and so there's always a string attached. And so, basically, he's giving heed or warning to to um, to just be cautious as you go into those. He doesn't say not to sit down with a ruler. He's just saying, consider what's before you when you do. Do not overwork to be rich, because of your own understanding, cease. Um, you know, this is a principle that, that today we see a lot of, um, everybody's so conflicted and consumed and, and, you know, how we can make money and how we can do the next thing. And it's not a bad thing. It's not, it's not terrible to work hard. We're not to be lazy. Um, you know, there is a season of time to hustle and to, to, uh, provide for your family, but overworking is a consideration of, of taking, taking it to the next level and and kind of what we were talking about uh, previous and and trying to gain a status that it just doesn't matter. And, um, you know, he finishes this, will will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle towards heaven. So they disappear, they vanish. And we're not to store up treasures here on earth. We're to store treasures in heaven. And by that, you know, um, we can pursue... We can pursue things that are so temporary and, again, get consumed in them that it takes them being ripped out from under us to realize it's pointless. Um, 
and it's to its own demise. Uh, I think of I think of vehicles. Like everybody wants the nice vehicle, you know. Uh, not everybody, but I just okay. Let me speak for myself. I, you get a truck that you really want, and it's nice, and it has all the buttons, bells, and whistles, and you know it's brand new. And, and you got rid of that old truck that you were driving around that wasn't very nice, had no AC, and you start driving the truck for a week, and and what happens? The AC goes out. <laughs> Or the tire falls off because somebody forgot to put the bolt on. I, there's just so many things that we can step back and consider and say, it's just not worth it. The pursuit of those things are fading. They fly away. They're gone. <laughs> Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. So a miser uh, also being one who has an evil eye. And that's somebody whose intentions aren't what they seem to be. Um, Again, I have an example of, I just think of my cousin. He's not, he doesn't have an evil eye at all, but he was the bigger, older cousin. And I can remember he was the one that had the job and he had the truck. So, you know, when we wanted to go to Lake Billy Chinook, it was him that we got a hold of and none of us had money. And so it's funny, you know, you pull up to the gas station and, and you could see the pump, how much it costs to fill up 20 bucks back then or something like that. And then he'd drive us all to the lake. We get to the lake, and he'd take ten dollars from all of us. Now, if you do the math, four people in the tent. Like, oh, so this really wasn't a free ride to the Billy Chinook. You actually just made a profit off of us. You know, the, the desire from the beginning was not just to give a free ride, or, or um, the person with the evil eye, you know, that says eat and drink, uh, but his heart is not with you. The morsels you have eaten, you will vomit up and waste your pleasant words. So, you're gonna quickly feel like, oh, this was not what I thought his intentions were from the start. Um, you know, his heart was wicked and in, in intent to, to allow me to eat and drink his food, but it really, he's going to send you a bill in the mail. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of words. Um, so this makes me think of don't cast your pearls before swine. Um, it's not bad to pursue... Um, Maybe someone who may seem foolish or is doing foolish things. Um, in fact, it's always good for us to present the gospel to that person and point them back to the word of truth. But there are those people that we are to consider wiping the dust off of our sandals or boots or shoes, whatever you want to consider, and moving on because um, that person can set in their heart that they don't want anything to do with it. And so you're better off pursuing those who are receptive. And so... Uh, cast, don't cast your pearls before swine is, is what I think of there. Do not remove the ancient landmarks nor enter the fields of the fatherless. So this is that verse that was in 22. And I'm just trying to consider why he, why he mentions it. Um, it seems kind of strange, but, you know, for us, we have surveyors that put boundary marks for us to be able to tell where our property lines are. But if you sit and really consider it, we, we fight wars over boundaries, over what we think is ours, what we think belongs to us, or what we think we desire to have. And so back then, a landmark would have been like a big stone on four corners that showed the property lines. And um, it would have been easy enough just to push a boulder, you know, three feet one day, one way, three feet the other way. Before you know it, you have another acre to put all your sheep on. Uh, it was a really dishonest thing to do. And um, so I think in regards to just don't be dishonest with that stuff. And then basically, when he says, nor enter the field of the fatherless. So referring to, to you know, someone that had 
um, you know, a father of the family that passed away that kind of made sure the structure of everything was good. Uh, people would take advantage of that when that happened and they would kind of take over some of the land and um, uh, take advantage of those that were in that circumstance. And so he says, um, for their Redeemer is mighty, he will plead their cause against you. So that makes me think of their Redeemer being being God. And uh, while that's true, God is the Redeemer. Uh, but here um, I read some commentaries on it, and it kind of alludes to um, if you do that, families typically had in place if, if the father of the family was to become deceased, that they had Uncle Joe or somebody, whoever it is, um, that would kind of be the roughneck who would come in and, and make sure nobody was messing around with, with the family as they were going through this, you know, this time of, of losing somebody that um, kept everything in order. And so basically saying, uh, uh, for their Redeemer is mighty, he will plead their, their cause against you. So you're basically, you're going to get what you deserve um, if you desire to do that. Apply your hearts to instruction and hear in your ears to words of knowledge. Again, I think it's just really important for us. And I think about, we can consider the younger generation and my kids. Um, you know, you think about how do we how do we bring them to a place where there's not the eye rolls when you, when you talk to them about trying to give them instruction in anything. And, and I'm guilty. I, I used to do it all the time to my mom. It was the eye roll. Like, what, what could you possibly know? And how, why would you be telling me this? Because I'm 15 and I have it all figured out. Like, life's good. Trust me, I'm going to be all right. And then, you know, as you get older and you start to recognize, like, the principles that, that maybe you were taught when you were younger, they had, they had value because there was wisdom there. There was knowledge there. And so... Um, as he tells you to apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge, it's... You know, it's not just for the younger generation. That's for us, too, as we go through it. And I think um, one thing I, I've tried really hard, and maybe I overdo it sometimes, is I'm always, like, I'm always asking. I, I used to always go up to Rory, and now that I see he's not as wise as I thought he was, I just kind of skip <laughs> still, I still cry to him all the time. But it's that principle, like, you surround yourself with people that will point you back to God's Word. We can't go wrong when we do that. And for our kids' sake, it's going to seem like nonsense. And so many times... You know, we read through Proverbs and you can hear something and it's like, oh yeah, like I know that. But that's that's a pretty basic principle. And then inevitably you'll run into a circumstance where that's totally applicable. And man, our desire should be to run back to that and, and desi desire those things over, over what the world would consider us to do. And so if your kid's not following your instruction or knowledge, what, what should we do? <laughs> do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat them with a rod, he will not die. I love that verse. <laughs> I don't love spanking my kids, but it's so healthy. It's such a good... When you don't do it out of anger, and there are times when you, you got to be cautious of that. And I think it's a good principle to give our kids discipline. And all I have to do is point you to the world right now. And what the world sees as good discipline it's not working it doesn't work and so if we go back generation you know you just keep going back 
I can remember when my grandma used to spank. Like, grandmas, I don't know if they spank anymore, but, like, my grandma was pretty scary. <laughs> and that translated into my mom being scary. And, like I said, there's some anger stuff there that you have to work through as a parent, but it'll do you well if you correct your children. And it doesn't have to be with a rod. It doesn't have to be with a belt. It doesn't have to be with your hand. Just have discipline for your kids because... Like I said, I can point you to the world and we can see what doesn't work. And it's it's pretty clear and it's becoming more evident. Um, and we want to point our kids back to, to God's word as well and, and desire that they hold fast to these principles. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. So if you don't, the consequences are not great. <laughs> but if, if he does, if he takes hold of that and he considers it and comes back to that and he remembers... Solomon says, My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I myself, yes, my innermost being will rejoice when your lips speak right things. And I know there's those of you that can attest to when your kid desires to do the right thing, the just thing. And, and uh, you know, those are principles that they possibly gain from you or somebody else that, that has wisdom for them. That it's a joyful thing when our kids, when our kids take to that discipline have the correction and have have the desire to to move in the right direction and that's not always the case and so Solomon kind of makes some points here and he says yes my innermost being will rejoice when your lips speak right things do not let your heart envy sinners but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day and man I, I still I feel like I'm still learning that the fear of the Lord um, I wish I would have known it earlier in life it took me a lot of wrongdoings to be able to to even partially understand what it means to fear the Lord and have a reverence for Him and, and desire um, even to put aside my flesh when I'm not desiring those things and to run towards Him and, and what's right. And He's a faithful God. He's a faithful Father that He He always He o- always gives us a place to land. And so I think that's what Solomon's considering here and thinking about um, how good it is when, when that happens. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off, so continue rightly. Hear, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. Do not mix with wine bibbers or with glutton eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the gluttons will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. So just a little disdain to stay away from, from those who indulge a little too much. In the, I don't know if you can indulge too much in meat. Perry might be able to tell us, but I think... <laughs> I can understand the wine bibbers. Um, just don't be a glutton for things that you can, you can always have too much of something. <clears throat> Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. So coming back to that principle, man, if, you, if, you, if you're able to buy something, buy that. Pursue that. You know, spend your money on those things because those will profit you much and and not profit you in a way of like you'll become rich it's just you'll become rich in the lord and that's a great thing and and again you know listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old i I just bring it back to that because like i said there's there's been a lot of times where i've had the eye roll um, and my mom still wants to do it you know like i'm almost 40 years old and she still wants to talk to me sometimes like i'm 12 and there's pieces of me that are starting to understand that because 
as our kids get older and they start to leave the house and and they start to depend less and less on you, I think there's always going to be a time when you wish you could have that back. You know, we can't turn back time, and so as we move forward, I think Solomon's super wise here as he as he gives instruction there and honor your mother and father and, and allow them to rejoice in you. And it's okay if, if they still want to pursue you as though you're their, you're their little child still. And to a certain extent, like I, I don't want my mom pinching my cheeks and any of that kind of stuff, but but I can see in her heart that she desires just to be close to me because she loves me. She, she gave birth to me. And, and so um, I think that's a really wise principle. The father of the righteous will gladly rejoice, and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her who bore you rejoice. Again, same thing we were just talking about. This I like the way he puts 26 here. My son, give me your heart, and let your eyes observe my ways. So Solomon's talking from a place of experience, right? Like we know what Solomon has done, what he's seen. Um, and so as he pleads here with, with a son or, or I gotta do a little more research. I'm not sure if it's actually a son or if it's just a principle that he wrote down because he desires for people to have that, but give me your heart and let, observe my ways. And so the only way we would say that to our child, if we're living rightly before the Lord we don't want our child to observe us in a, in a drunken state or observe us being a glutton to something that we shouldn't be. Um, but we should desire their hearts and for them to, to seek after us because we are being a right example to them and pointing them to God's word. Um, gives a little instruction on some a harlot here. For a harlot is a deep pit and a seductress is a narrow well. She also lies and waits for a victim and increases the unfaithful among men. I think Solomon saw a lot of that, so he's just trying to address some of that, throw it in there at a random spot. So <laughs> we'll move on from that. But um, So here he sets up a couple questions, and, and he really ties all these points in, into uh, the person given to wine. And um, he asks, who has woe, who has sorrow, and who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? And he gives them the answer. Those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine, do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. <laughs> I don't mind having a glass of wine. I, I, I actually kind of like wine, but I, I see people sometimes, you know, and then they smell it and then they don't really <laughs> drink it for a long time and then they put it down they it makes you kind of want to try to do that it's a little bit enticing sometimes but it's it's not that appealing and, and he's basically he's pulling away from um, those that do it too much and those that have it they don't have a boundary with it and it's out of line and, and you know it's, it's okay to have a glass of wine, but you know we should not be we should not be drinking to get drunk with it. We shouldn't be drinking it for social anxiety purposes. We shouldn't be drinking in it for our hope. Or if it's the only thing that helps us relax and we're uptight and all those things, like uh, it's okay to calm down a little bit. But um, don't be given in to to those that 
that have to have it and do it for a, a social uh, partaking to get drunk and have a great time. You know, those who linger long at the wine, same thing, drinking too much and staying by it. And, and um, those who go in search of mixed wine, I'm not quite sure, maybe good wine with old wine is not a good thing. Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. And I think he's talking about a hangover there or <laughs> terrible choices that you wake up the next day and wonder why the heck you did what you did. Um, it can sting and it can sting really bad. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea or like one who lies at the top of the mast saying, they have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? And so I think like that in part, um, you know, especially for those that are, are younger and maybe enticed to drink and um, be a part of the party scene. And um, I've, I've been a part of that and I've done some of those things, you know, and there's, there's always that, if you're doing those things, there's a complete blindness to the things that kind of go on around you. And, and um, I grew up watching my dad. He's an alcoholic. And I just, I never thought much about it. But his, like, he was always he was always happy. He was always one of the happiest guys. Never spanked me, never never did anything. And it was always so great to, to uh, you know, have a great time and hang out with him. And, and then I became of age to be able to drink and um, I thought it was fun to go to the bar with him I thought it was fun to to enjoy those types of things with him until um, I had some instances where I had to go pull him out of the bar I had to separate some fights with him and, and then watched him go to jail and and then you start to recount stuff from your childhood and, and there's a lot of things that um, it, it's enticing to start but then it has this it has a slow fade in this revealing of something that's just not profitable. It's not, it's not profitable to, to be given into, into, to alcohol. And um, I think he ends the address with, with that in 23. And I think it's good because sometimes I think alcohol is the demise of all these things. You know, we, we can, um, and it doesn't have to be alcohol actually, you know, it can be any, any addiction or anything that we desire to help us function in life. And, and I'll just say, like, those of you that know and those of you that don't know, um, it, it's just not a good thing. And you're going to think it's fine at the time, just like the guy saying, I was up at the mass, nobody ever hurt me, I had nothing happen. And, and, you know, you get to this place where you feel invisible until specifically thinking of drinking, until you drive when you're drunk and you kill somebody or you kill yourself or something happens then you quickly realize that it's not fun. And so he's just giving warning ahead of time. Don't do those things. Um, and so I think, you know, as I'm reading through this, like I said, I think sometimes we can get to a place where we read through the Proverbs and they're just really simplistic things that they they have a lot of value, you know, but do we stop and cons really stop and consider? Um you know, 
one of the wisest men um, that God gave wisdom to wrote these things down for instruction and for for sanctification for all kinds of reasons. And so um, I'm glad we're going through it. I think it's good for me. You know, even 23, just studying through 23, um, there's principles in there that, man, my heart just points towards my son and my daughter and, and desiring for even the, the generations that are, that are coming up to... Man, if we fall back on this, like, nothing could go wrong. You know, things will seemingly go wrong, but, man, if God is for us, who can be against us? And we rely on his word, and and we point others to his word, and and we seek wise counsel, and and we desire to be wise counsel for other people. And the only way we're going to do that is we're in his word. And so um, I think that's where we'll end tonight. Uh, I had another song, but I'm losing my voice, so I think we'll call that good. Let me pray for us. Oh, God, just thank you again for your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you for the preservation of your word. God, and I just really consider um, the truths that you have set before us that you, um, God, you desire for us to come back to. And so I just I just hope, Lord, that we can, um, as a body, that we can um, desire your word correctly, that we can help exhort each other to do the same thing. And, and as we seek wise counsel, Lord, that we would consider your word in all things and and um i just help these principles um, just settle into our hearts that we would be um, seeking after you and and um, i guess just running hard after you lord and thank you for thank you for loving us and and considering us god we just love you and ask these things in jesus name amen all right have a good night